live. Hangout is live. Hey, all right. Welcome to Babe Talk. We have today Adam Bevel. Be what is your last name, sir? Bevel. B-E-V-E-L. Bevel. Yeah, right. I think. Oh wait, no, you don't have there. But anyway, yeah, Bevel. Like beveling an edge. Like beveling like, an edge. Yeah, that's that's the best way to all the. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. All the all the Photoshop kids know exactly how to say my name, so it works out. I'm a Photoshop kid, and I feel extremely embarrassed. Oh, well, now, now I feel like an asshole for calling you. All right, we're off to a great start. Adam Bevel of Arkham, out of Chicago. Yeah. Tonight, we have Caitlin Drummond. Hello. We have Eric Navarro. Hello. We had Tony Peppers, but we don't know what happened to him. Bye-bye, Tone Tone. Yeah, Tone Tone kind of going to make it. And I'm Oliver. So, hey, it's Babe Talk. We start off all these shows by asking everybody here, how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> Not at once, everybody. <laughs> My day was great. Oh, wait, Eric, what did I say wrong? No, nothing. You did You did a great job. You just said it like you were a game show host. <laughs> all right, everybody, we've got 30 seconds on the clock. How was your day? Caitlin, how was your day? My day was fantastic. I had a very good day. I went to work and I came home and I laid in my bed and caught up on sleep. I live a very thrilling life. <laughs> what did you ask me, Ollie? Is sleep a television show? I, I don't know what sleep is. Yeah, I rarely, I rarely am familiar with sleep, but today I went unconscious for a couple hours and rested, so that was fantastic. Is there, like, a reason why you don't catch up on sleep anymore? Because I just work all the time. Like, I work at my job a lot, and then I have, like, booking in the studio and stuff like that on top of that. So I get very, very small amounts of sleep. Makes sense. Um, Eric, how was your day? Pretty good. I uh, also went to work, uh, but afterwards I went to the casino because I am an addict and proud. And uh, <laughs> First time is the minute you sir. Yeah, yeah, no, the second got, is the minute. You got two with me. You won't feel like an addict then, man. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, play a shit ton of CeeLo. It'll be fine. Oh, that's beautiful. I got a couple, in my band, I got a couple of uh, uh, semi-professional card players. Oh, then, all right. Yeah, all yeah right. no, it's, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, no, I came back here and there's tongue. What's up? It's going to turn to Gamers Anonymous in a minute. <laughs> oh, there's no no anonymous. No anonymous. <laughs> there's no anonymous here. It's all on tape. Anyway, so. So you went to gamble and uh, uh, I won fifty bucks. So that's good, and uh, left. I need early. to start gambling. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and then no, I came home, uh, did a whole bunch. Uh, I think I've told you my I got an album release coming out pretty soon, and so every single day that I have a spare hour that isn't spent feeding an addiction, uh, I've been working on prepping stuff for the release. Nice. Now, when does that come out again? Uh, I, the digital release is September 9th, and then the, the Bandcamp, our digital release, like not iTunes, like Bandcamp is September 6th. Oh, shoot, so it's coming out soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah, soon. It is. So running, running down the, uh, the, the last stretch of time to get all the last stuff ordered for, for shirts and stuff. But, yeah. God, that must be depressing. Now, what, now, I'm curious, what did you play to get your $50? Uh, I just played slots. Just slots. <laughs> I, I could never understand the slots. Like I like t table games. When, whenever I, the rare times that I go to the casino. Well, see, for me, uh, with slots, I can budget my money a lot more effectively. 
Uh, and yeah, it's not the best, you know, it's not the best way to win because it's like it grinds you out of your money unless you hit a jackpot. Whereas table games, you can grind and get more and more money. Uh, but I am uh, terrified of table games and uh, a horrible gambler. So I'd rather pull the lever and have bright lights go off while I have a beer in my hand. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> shiny things. Eric, and you and I need to hang. Yeah, Sonia, Maryland Live, right down the street. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you in a couple months. Definitely. <laughs> oh, what I do? Uh, yeah. I'm actually home. I'm in between tours and school right now, and in between leases, so I'm I'm like at my like childhood house for uh, for a couple weeks. And so I've been hanging out with my uh, my mom and sending my little brother off to college and all that stuff. So today we went to go see um, that new James Brown movie, and that was oh, get on up. Yeah, that was really like I'm a I'm a huge James Brown fan. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was it was so good. Like there's no like it's not like oh well you know, like you know how like when you watch like Ray or like Walk the Line, it's like oh this guy was an asshole, but like he kind of like made it okay towards the end of his life. There's none of that, but uh, it's still like <laughs> Ray, an asshole? Ray. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you see like like if you watch Ray, like, like he was like an addict and he like cheated on his wife all the time and like was bad to his kids and all this, but like at the end like. Sometime it's been a while since I've seen Ray, but like there's a, there's a point where he like turns it around, and there's never a point in Ray in uh in James Brown's life where he like really turns it around, but he's still just the king. You guys you guys remember at the end of Ray when uh, it all was okay at the end because he made a hit song with Kanye West. That's my favorite. Part of <laughs> I don't remember that 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 scene actually. It was about two months after the movie came out. It was great. It was amazing. It was all oh, over wait, the TV. That wasn't, that wasn't sarcasm. That actually happened. No, I'm, oh. no, Jamie Foxx. Did. Yeah, I got so excited. I'm like, I have the movie. Why didn't I see this? Wait, what? what? <laughs> like, where do where did I find that? That's the uh, that's it, the the, the recut. Dead by the time that song came out. <laughs> you just see like Kanye West and like Ray Charles in the music video. Ray Charles is like blindly throwing money around because he doesn't know what direction to throw it in because he doesn't know what the camera is. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Ray Charles. He's alive, right? It's, it's bad if he's dead. No, as long as as long as he's blindly throwing ones around, because you know you can't pay him in hundreds. That's in a very obscure Ray reference. <laughs> well, no, actually, no. It, in the movie, that that was actually an issue because he was being paid in ones. He's like, oh, this feels kind of light. He's like, no, it's all there. Be like, no, you're cheating me. And then like, <laughs> being a blind nigga that he is, he throws himself <laughs> at the dude. Cr- can you do all of my IMDb like movie summaries? <laughs> <laughs> this got so dark so quick. Uh, <laughs> you talking about Ray or blindness? <laughs> wow! Damn! Oh my god! God damn! Son of a bitch! Ruthless up in here. So you had um, a good day, Adam? <laughs> yeah, I had a great day. <laughs> Better than Ray Charles' days, apparently. I don't know. Like, <laughs> oh, dear God. oh, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, oh yeah. One of us. This week's sponsor, Ray-Bans. <laughs> That's not even dark. It's just clever. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's too damn funny. Anyway, so Adam, what tours? What, what tours have you recently done that 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 you're on break for? I did well. So I'm in. Uh, I go to college at DePaul, which is in the city of Chicago, um, from September to June. 
Um, and then we did the first leg of our uh, of like the Great American Goodbye release tour, which was before the CD was out. So don't ask me why we did that. Um, but we did that, and that was uh, like an East Coast and South run. Um, and then we came back, and I spent two weeks on the road with um, Stick Up Kid, Seaway, Candy Hearts, and Driver Friendly. I was the TM for Stick Up Kid. Um, and then we did our uh, like our, our proper CD release tour in uh, like we did two weeks of, two weeks of that. That was about a week after I got off the uh, Stick Up Kid tour. So I've been on the road for a while. Um, so it's nice to be home for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. How is um? What what do you go to school for? I'm a uh, I'm a political science major, um, with an Islamic world studies minor. Um, so I just kind of read the news a lot and write a lot of papers. Um, and then with that, I'm I'm uh, focused in uh, like education. So I'm trying to be a, a teacher. So yeah, that's what's going on. With music on the side. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of fun never never hurt. So I like to have that on the side, and you know, got the got the music stuff too. So it's awesome. I love it. I love it a lot. You know, the only thing that I can think of, like, you would be like a correspondent on like CNN, and then like when they do like like your biopic, you'd be like, yes, he was a CNN correspondent during the Islamic trouble times for about five years, and he also played in a post-hardcore court band for about like seven right. Years. No, that'd be. Maybe one day. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be making. Hopefully I can still be. Uh, I could do. I can make like the the journalist, the consultant money, and still play in a band. I don't know. It's a fun ride though. I, I I love being able to. It really helps you kind of appreciate both sides. So once you're on once you're on tour for a while, it's like okay, I'm ready to be home and just kind of focus on one thing. And then you know you're sitting in the classroom for nine months and you're ready to be out on the road. So it's a nice it's a nice balance. I like it a lot. Absolutely, it sounds it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever had like that much fun like going to school. Like every time, like I used to go to school, I just used to regret like every second of it. Right. I mean, I mean like yeah, it's, it's it is what it is. But I mean, it's I, I live I when I'm not you know right now I'm, I'm in the I'm in the suburbs with my my family, but I live in the city of Chicago, so that's really cool. Um, you know, I love that city. Um, you know, and I get to be involved in music there, and as well as you know just all the school stuff. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I'm, I'm entering my last year and I'm, I'm kind of ready to be done with it, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, did you go to school? Oh. Say what? Did you go to school? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, I went to, uh, yeah. Mm. Let me, let me show you my diplomas that are somewhere <laughs> in my closet. Uh, I went and, um... Yeah, I went to uh, Elon for got my bachelor's in psych, and then I went up in Towson above Baltimore and got a master's in psych. So I did a lot of school, a lot of that, a lot of that schooling. I didn't regret any of it. It was awesome. <laughs> and in psych too, that that that's a pretty heavy major. Yeah, well, not for not for undergrad. Undergrad, it's a joke. I'll tell you that right now. That is the <laughs> biggest joke. However, however, master's programs, if you you better be ready to swim with sharks is kind of how it goes. It goes from, like, easy to, uh, from novice to, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, just, what's the hardest difficulty mode in those video games you children play? Uh, expert. Expert, expert, that one. Nasty? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of, like, some, like, Resident Evil, like, bloody... <laughs> <laughs> bloody get ready to die mode. Yeah, that, that, that mode. That oh, mode. Lord. 
Yeah, it's weird. Like every description that like you see for like the hardest di- difficulty, you you buy a game thinking that you'll enjoy it, and then like once you read expert mode, it's just like yeah, you won't enjoy the game. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's you have to pee every time your character would have to pee mode, and it's that's beyond survival mode. Has there ever been like a game where like the hardest difficulty is just called like fuck you? Does anyone sure. know? Yeah, it's I'm like thinking hey, the first Halo. Oh yeah, yeah. That was legendary though. Every video game that was made in the 90s before they really knew how to make video games that were beatable. Those were always the worst. Oh, like oh I, uh, when we were on tour, we played this place called The Ultimate Basement. We ended up staying there, and they had like a game room. And I took out, did any of you guys ever play that old Spider-Man game on like the PS1? Anyone remember that? I, it was one of my favorite I games. Know. It was one of my favorite games growing up, and I'm like, okay, like I'll play this, and I remember how to play it, and it was easy, and I'll beat it. And then like it was made like right around the time of figuring out how to make video games, like in 3D. It was just I just got my ass whooped for like two hours. <laughs> I, got, I didn't get I didn't get far at all. Adam, I actually have a question. When you played the Ultimate Basement, how many kids shows showed up? None. Um, and there, there's there's reasoning behind that because we hopped on a last minute show with uh, Greyhaven and Knocked Loose. Okay. Uh, it, it was super last minute. Uh, it was on like a Monday or Tuesday. Um, and they both dropped. Uh, they, their vans broke down like really last minute. So everyone was like, the show's canceled because we hopped on last minute. They didn't know that we were on it. So we just showed up. There were like, I mean, the, the owner and the people were there. And there, there were a couple kids just kind of hanging out. But it, I mean, it obviously wasn't, wasn't a huge show. But it was super last minute. I was on the way down to Florida. So it worked out okay. Because I remember my buddy's band played the ultimate basement, and it became the ultimate joke for us. Um, we were on our last dollar when we ended up getting over to that show, and we had to end up going back home. Oof. And we played there. No kids showed up. Actually, no, I think the the, the guy that booked the show, he was like, uh, we don't have any, anyone came in. You want like 25 cents? Because that's all we got to split between the people. Right. And he paid us twenty five cents for the for, for, for the show. I mean, it was it was a fine show. I mean, like that's the thing is like, you know, we played pack shows, we played you know sold out shows, we played shows nobody. It was just on. It was pretty much it was a show that we didn't have that like worked into our route. So we were just happy that we had somewhere to somewhere to kind of stay. I just we uh we we got some food. We hung out. We we slept. I watched a bunch of Game of Thrones. So it was it was it was a good time. Um, you know, there weren't a ton of kids there, but you know, it's a Monday. You know, sometimes so, you know, whenever you go, whenever you go on tour, you're gonna have you're gonna have bus shows, and that was, I think that was the most bus one, and there were still kids there, and we still sold some merch, so it it wasn't too bad. Like obviously, it's also a really big room. Um, oh, it's, it's a huge room. It's um, John. So like, you'd have you know, to bring in like, like a um, a Rexer, because like, I think after the show, like some of the um, band kids like. Brought their skateboards in and started doing like some demos. It was fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone skates. So I mean, it was a, it was a good time. It was just like, you know, it's it's a huge room to begin with. So even if you brought in, you know, a hundred kids, it would still feel tiny. So oh, it, was, it, would still, it would still feel. Yeah. It was just funny because because we we literally got the quarter and we're like we gotta we gotta go. We, <laughs> and then we traveled up for like I think like another half an hour and then just like parked it. And like cried, and then wait for next morning to see what we can do for money. But Caitlin, did you go to school? I went. I actually took time off between um, high school and college, and then I went to one semester last year, and it was right when I started booking. And 
booking for me just kind of like exploded and then school was ending and finals and I was like yeah I'm not doing this at all so I went to one semester but in the spring I'll be doing a music business through Berkeley online so, oh no good yeah going yeah. back I mean that, that that seems like like fun I tried to do college for a little bit but it seemed like way too much like high school and yeah really all the stuff that I had learned in high school I was learning in college and now it's like fuck it yeah seemed wanted appealing I mean high school was fun though Oh, I hated high school. Really? Now, why was that? Um, I went to a very... I went to Towson High School. Eric is probably kind of familiar with that. Um, I know that one road that Towson's on with the bars and the clubs. That's about it. York Road, yeah. I went to school right across the street from Towson University, and it is a very preppy high school, and uh, you're like a lacrosse player or a soccer player, and if you're not, you don't exist. (laughs) So I didn't really exist that much in high school, and no one, like, listened to my kind of music or liked going to shows. Like, I had one friend who would go to shows with me, and that was about it. So it just, like, it wasn't my thing. I dropped out at 17. Like, I did go back, but, like, high school was just kind of, like, something that I never liked. Um, I always really loved work. So, you know, my junior year, I worked so much, you know, like, I just always liked the real world better than, you know, putting kids in a big building and requiring them to do things when I could have much better been, like, doing things for myself, so that's my rant on high school. (laughs) That's totally legitimate. Did you have any any issue with high school, or did you like it? Who, me? Um... I don't know. There were things I liked about it. There were things I didn't. I mean, through it, I met some of the dudes that are in my band now. Um, it gave me, you know, I, I had a lot of really cool classes. I had a lot of really cool teachers. Um, there were definitely parts of it that sucked. I mean, I don't think you, uh, I, I think it's a prerequisite that you don't exactly go up on stage and scream into a microphone because you're well-adjusted and uh, had a really good had a really good time in high school, but um, it was there were there were things I liked about it and there were things I didn't, and I guess it's just kind of part of the experience. I, I like where I'm at now, so you know if it, if if it's a stepping stone, then it's a stepping stone. But it, I mean, yeah, I mean, I got junior high was was much worse than high school. Um, I think that's kind of a given. But, oh, you know, I can't I, decide which was worse. Yeah, so I mean, it was nice because I didn't get picked on nearly as much as I did in junior high, and I kind of had the freedom to go. I got really, you know, I found music, and I found, you know, the local stuff and, and all that in high school. So I do, they're, they're very fond memories. They're also just, I like the people that I met. Um, the activities are just kind of whatever. Yeah, Adam, that's pretty much my exact experience. The middle school was kind of, you know, you're the weird kid, and people pick on you because they have zero identity. And then you kind of really find your identity by high school, and you find the right people who are also finding themselves. And then you kind of, in my experience, you just kind of left all those other assholes in the dust. Right. Eric, I was going to ask if you were able to remember it back that far. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's old. (laughs) How old are you? I'm sorry, I'm smart. I'm 28. Uh, I'm not. I'm not real old. I'm. I'm room full of twenty-somethings calling each other old, old. All right. <laughs> I'm whining on Facebook, old. I'm not. Don't tell anyone how old I am, old. That's okay. that's where I'm at. Kind of old, where you brag about your, you humble brag your age. 
Okay, I got you. I mean, is there any point that you can brag about, age? Oh, yeah. Um, Caitlin, how old are you? I'm 20. Oh, you can't yet. Sorry. <laughs> you get, like, a good 21 through 24 where you have all the freedoms, but you have none of the societal expectations to do anything remotely responsible. I was a complete, like, narcissist yeah. during that period of time in my life. I'm, like, ashamed to tell my age because I'm a fetus. So, as of December 30th, when I turn 21, I'm going to be like, I'm 21, what's up? You can talk to me. It's cool. They're not going to talk to you if you do that. <laughs> Will it no one wants to talk to me in the first place. It's fine. I just, I lie to myself and think my age is going to change something, but it won't. I think uh, everyone proud of your age. You were, like, 13, and everyone else was, like, 11. I felt like that was, that was a really cool time to be whatever age you were. Yeah. 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 If you were thirteen and that fucking suck. When you're like when you when you talk to the eleven year olds, you're like, I got this figured out. Yeah, listen, listen, kid. <laughs> Things are gonna change in some very dramatic ways and you're not gonna know how to handle anything. Uh puberty is like, 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 I can't even imagine just just like shit, I barely like know what I'm doing at like twenty two. Like I couldn't imagine what I was like at eleven. Like, I think I, like, mentally just, like, blocked out all of that. <laughs> I just re I just repressed the love, and not for anything traumatic, just because it was weird. Just because the entire situation was, was weird. Yeah. Like, I, I went to a private school that, like, my mom taught at, and, like, I was, like, a really annoying kid, and, like, like <laughs> as I actually went into high school, all my friends were like, oh, you're white. I'm just like, no, I'm black. And everyone's like, no, you're completely white. Like, I went to school with, like, a, like all white kids. So, like, I went to a school that was finally, like, segreg... Not segreg... Um. Wait, were they insulting you? They're like, ugh, you're so white. <laughs> You've got enough white, of us white here. White kid insulting you for your whiteness? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Like, it was weird. Like, I, I went to... I lived in a predominantly white neighborhood, went to a predominantly white school, and I had this notion that I had to be quote-unquote black. Like, 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 their definition of black was this, and the color of your skin just totally didn't matter. So that 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 was that. I mean, besides that, high school was pretty. Right? I mean, I had some pretty like you know weird stories, but I think I think we all do. I hope. Oh yeah. Like, does anyone have any weird high school stories that they want to delve into? Um, I no, mean, nothing awkward or uncomfortable ever happened in high school. <laughs> ever. Uh -oh. I kind of it's just like where do you start with me being awkward in high school? Oh, I have a great story. Um, okay. senior year, I, all of high school, I never got asked to a dance just because I hated guys. <laughs> I was just like, I'm independent, like, I don't need no man, whatever. So guys were just like, well, I'm going to go ask a girl with a better attitude to the prom, so bye. Um, senior year, I was dating, like, like, the cutest guy, um, and I was really excited to take him to prom, and one day I'm, like, casually talking to him about prom, and he, and I was, like, talking to him about his suit, and he was like, what, what suit? And I was like, suit that you're wearing, a, like, my prom, and he was like, I'm not going with you. <laughs> so, it's like... I went to my senior prom alone, too, so it's okay. 
Oh well, I didn't go alone, thankfully. Oh, oh, okay. So I'm just, I'm a prick. Oh, okay. You <laughs> just go alone, go alone, go alone. Was your just, cousin unavailable? Start all my cards. <laughs> okay, it's a safe spot. But no, okay, I'll go fuck myself. That's cool. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, the guy I asked to junior prom ditched me, and I got out of the hospital a week prior. Ooh. So. Oh. I hated high school dances. I didn't get cute until, like, well, after 18. So, like, high school, no one wanted to chill. Like, high school I just, mean, like... I mean, like, dances were, like, kind of stupid. I mean, all oh, you... dances are so dumb. They, there's all this hype that goes behind it. Like, they, they paint up this glorious picture of, like, a disco ball and, like, an 80s ballad being played and, like, your sweetheart puts his arms around you. And, like, in real life, like, no guy wants to ever touch a girl because, like, we don't fucking know what's going to happen. I mean, shit, we're I'm all really not there. I, I mean, cool. your, your girl's wearing a $300 dress and is in six-inch stilettos and is complaining out the ass trying not to ruin her hair. Like, it's not a fun night. My prom, me and my date, which is a very good friend of mine, we literally sat at the table and we're just like, yo, we're at a nice hotel in a marble room. Let's eat all of the food. And that's what we did. And my prom was sick. And I did it with red lipstick on. Like, it was great. <laughs> you are like the epitome of Tumblr, like right there. Oh, God. <laughs> I, uh, I take offense. Like, that, like the, the regular dances sucked, but our school always had like really cool like charity dances. We had the, the 80s oh, wow. dance, which we all dressed up like 80s and just listened to like 80s music. And then we had the disco dance, which was just pretty much like me having a lot of fun with fake mustaches. So I always really liked those. Um, but like the regular day, I went to my senior prom alone because I got dumped like two or three weeks before it. Right before, every, like right, I got like dumped like right around the time everyone had like, like sequenced off to, uh, to find their dates. So... Yeah. I went to that alone, and that was uh, that was fucking terrible. Everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, it'll be fun." You're like, "No, no." It, it was like going stag was, was not a good idea. But it's, 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 like, it's like I it's like I fucking tour now. Like, it's like that's the one thing. It's like one night of like really awkward shit. Like, whatever. It's not a big deal in the long run. Like, I, I'm it's not a big deal. Don't awe me. But yeah, so we uh, prom sucks. I took I a strip to, uh, the prom. Actually, I went to um, my my turnabout dance with a dude my my uh, sophomore year, um, because I again it seems like I always get dumped right before dances, um, and he uh, he noticed I was like kind of bummed about that, and he didn't have a date, so he asked me. Uh, he asked, and this was like 2009. Like this wasn't this wasn't like this was kind of before like the I support same sex marriage was like a really big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so this wasn't, like, cool or funny. Like, everyone just thought we were fucking weird. And we were. To be fair, we, we absolutely were. But, um, yeah, so we had, like, we took pictures together. He bought me dinner. We had, like, matching ties and shit. So that was, that was a good And time. you got a free dinner. That's beautiful. I got a free dinner. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like what, where was the downside to that? <laughs> There's no downside now whatsoever. That's how, that's how it works. Now, Eric, you did say something. I, I, I <laughs> you heard me right. Okay, here's the thing. So, technically, I took a stripper to prom. Okay, backtrack. Backtrack. He wasn't a stripper yet. Uh, oh, that doesn't count. I know, I know. It's just easier. It's better to start that way. Um, and uh, we, uh, it was just this girl who was like, I, yeah, I, I would have been 18, so she was probably 16. She was this girl from a different school. She was like, 
like all the kids who I hung out with at my school were all the punk rock kids. And I guess she went to this school out in the boonies that had all the uh, industrial metalhead hot topic goth kids. And she was like their queen. <laughs> and um, and although she cleaned up, she cleaned up nice. She didn't wear any of the crazy makeup or anything to that. But anyway, she I just basically showed up with this gorgeous looking girl to prom and who no one in our school had ever seen before. And um, we had uh, our dinner ahead of time. We got dressed up. And uh, I set us a candlelight dinner of Taco Bell, because that was her favorite food. And so we had candlelight Taco Bell. And we ended up, uh, wait, that's not where I meant to go with that. Uh, and um, so uh, a couple years. Like me? Like, huh? I'm thinking, like, does she like me? Because that would all make a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> no. Um, and uh, yeah, no, and uh, just a couple years later, she, or a year later, she dropped out of school. And popped up a few years later in Oregon, uh, doing the stripping. That's it. Like, it's huh? good money. I have friends who are strippers. And I'm kind of like, you know, if I wasn't so just hairy and lanky and uncoordinated, like this would be a good time. Like it's good money. Make your own hours. Yeah, did, I've been I, seeing like a lot of my my girlfriends doing are not girlfriends. Very clear there. Um, <laughs> a lot of my friends that are girls are turning to... Don't hurt um, yourself backtracking. <laughs> I'm backtracking a lot there. They're turning to becoming cam girls. And, like, I've heard the number of money that these girls are bringing in, and I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing wrong? Right. No, like, it's I like... Mean, I mean, true. I mean, I don't have any boobs. But, like, there has to be a market for girls wanting to see guys. You think... I got a, All I, I heard was boobs. Well, Caitlin, Actually, there's two uh, of you in my screen, so maybe you two could give us some insight on this. <laughs> I, can, I can try and give you insight. Just let me know what we're talking about. We're talking about um, why Ollie is unable to uh, <laughs> unable to make money as a cam boy, and we're trying to figure out what what kind of cams girls want to watch. You're asking the wrong person because that is something I just don't care about. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm beautiful. What are you talking about? No, 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 not, no, you, not you, like, the cam <laughs> thing. Like, I know so many of, like, my girlfriends are like, I just made $60 about, you know, flirting with a guy. And I'm just like, okay, like, I have fun. Good luck. Like, if you're making money, do girl your thing. You're getting paid for a service. That's cool. But it just, like, it like, just flies right over my head. Like, five seconds, easily. What? I, actually, I got offered to do porn last year. Did you like, do it? No, I didn't. And everyone was like, because we were, I was in, I was in some class, like one of my, one of my classes was like uh, media and media and politics, and, and the whole one of the weeks was on porn, and uh, all the guys were like, were like, man, like I'd totally do porn, I totally do porn, and someone was, like, and then so then, I was like, I got asked to do it and I didn't want to do it, and they're like, why? I'm like, because I don't really do PDA, like I don't, like, uh, I'm, like, yeah. I'm not really sure if I'm ready to take that to like funny. the next fucking level. But like there was like, there goes like PPDA and then there's porn. It's like it's like, it's like I'm not ready to handhold. What I am ready to do is like bang on camera. Like that wasn't what was gonna happen. But I was like, well, like maybe I could put on like a face mask and like just <laughs> oh kind of curtain. Like, well, no, because I was, I, was like, I could protect my identity, like that kind of thing. And I'm just I was like I'm covered in just very specific, very <laughs> stupid tattoos. That there's no way. It's like, oh, like, this mask guy has a mill house on his thigh. Like, yeah, it's obviously me. No, like, I, I've spent... I've spent unless unless you do, like, a gimp suit. A gimp suit. It wasn't that... But wouldn't that interfere with some of your anatomy, though? 
Well, of course they have the cutouts. Right. Yeah, you know, duh. Okay. Yeah, come on. Okay. I would never do Yep. I would never do porn, but I would especially never do porn with someone wearing a like one of those suits. Like <laughs> I would literally just be sitting there like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you are in the wrong business. Or maybe Granted, once like again, <laughs> would never do porn, but if there was some sort of situation, I'm going to stop talking. Adam, you don't do PDA. Do you do uh, DPDA? What's DPDA? Is that like a defend pop punk joke? No, it was a double penetration uh, joke. Oh, but okay. not either way. Either way, oh, yeah. it feels about the same. I'm, 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 I'm like, do you do DPPGPDA? I'm like, like, all right, fuck off. I'm out. No, Ooh, I literally would have closed my laptop. <laughs> I would have been like, bye. Good night, goodbye. <laughs> But I think that actually needs to be a new new term term now. Oh fuck! Devil pe- pe- penetration punk. Oh, I thought like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, sure, I guess. Is that what you would call set your goals? Like double pen? Like you could go with that. That's not set your goals. Hey, hey, you set your goals. <laughs> oh, holy mother of God. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's good. You chose uh, that. Think yeah. of them the same way ever again. Oh, dude, Jesus, that's hysterical. There's gonna, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be like, I'm, I'm actually, what is it? Like every once in a while, you see a thread that kids are just like, all right, what if you name your, you know, porn fans and <laughs> I hate like, those so <laughs> much. That is my least favorite thing in most of the world. Oh, that's awful. I just hate everything about that group. Aren't you an admin? <laughs> Oh, yeah, can you pin something ah! tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, no, I hate myself, too. It's fine. <laughs> but but that's okay. Oh, basement. Oh, basement. I saw basement last week, twice, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I didn't get to go to any of the shows, and I had tickets to Philly and Baltimore. Why? Why didn't you go? Philly, what what day was that? Um, Monday. Yeah, that I, I had to work Monday and I had to work Tuesday, and then Sunday was the Baltimore show, and I had a ticket, but I had no one to go with, and then I had a show to run. So I had to like, I ended up giving my ticket away. I couldn't even sell it. Oh, good for you. So you're a good person. So I mean, it was it was fine. Like someone else who who really really wanted to see Basement got to see them, and I I did really want to see them, but it was like. Uh, my friend Carly, who's like a huge, huge fan, like cried when I gave her my ticket. So like, oh. I'm totally like happy with that arrangement. You know, I had to work whatever. There you go, good girl. Has it been shows that recently that you enjoyed? What was the question? Have you guys been to any shows that you really enjoyed recently? Oh yeah, I saw the final Mongolia on Saturday. I saw Hollow Tides when we were in Florida. <laughs> Bye. Oh, come on. No, they played with uh, they played with a Wilhelm scream, and we just we like they. I only knew them through the group, and they they got me. They got us all in and gave us a place to stay. So they were they were tight. I, I like that band a lot. But yeah, they're, yeah, they're solid, solid music, totally. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't I listen to them. No, I'm being serious. I'm dead oh, serious. Okay. I, 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 booked, I booked a show for them in Baltimore, and by I booked it. I mean, I didn't do shit. My band couldn't do it, so I put their band in our place. Oh, all right. I got you. Yeah. Nice. Eric, Eric's oh, now, now booking shows. They were no, like... That's, yeah. Stealing my business. They were. Yeah, that's, that's one nice thing about 
when we, we can't play shows is they're all I know so many bands who are just like dying for spots in Baltimore and when it's like it's a lot harder to book a specific show on a specific date for a band which I bless you Caitlin I cannot do that I, it's a heart attack and a headache and I have to do my own shows but like whenever I can just easily slip a band in that I want to come to Baltimore but I can't you know play it then it's super easy to put that in no, they yeah were, they were unnaturally nice to us like we just showed up at that Wilhelm Scream show because we played with Wilhelm Scream a few weeks ago and we're all huge Wilhelm Scream fans. We're like, okay, we're going to try and hop on the show. It didn't work. I think I walked up to, it might have been Cody. I'm just like, hey, like, we're from out of town. Like, do you guys have any guest spots? They're so like, hell yeah, come on. And they, they let us stay at their place for like two days. It was, again, like, you, you know. You've got to love the hospitality. It's a yeah, some people, I, I know that there are some people who, who like them or dislike them, but like, they got us out of mid, mid-June Florida. So nice. I, I always got their back. They're, yeah. they're, That's tight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good to see people that are like actually able to open up their their homes into um right like real hospital hospital hospitable excuse me yeah um because it really comes in 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 clutch when you need it uh we had like way too because again we do DIY touring which means like a lot of just shitty off days um Mm -hmm. and I I booked that tour the our first our East Coast run um based around the routing that I did with Stick Up Kid and Major League and Vieira um, back in December. So it was the exact same routing, and I was thinking, and, and Florida was super nice in December, and I was just like, oh, weather doesn't change. Like, it'll be super nice. Like, you know, it's it's 70 now. It'll be 70 then, and it'll be, it'll be really nice. And we got down. It was just hell, and we were there for a week. It was, it was absolute, like... I can't believe an entire election hinged around that state. That state blows. <laughs> Sorry to anyone from Florida, but like, it's just you know, goddamn hot. Where is Glenn when you need him? Sink, Florida, sink. Oh shit! Oh hell yeah! Against it, like some of my, I almost went to uh, the University of uh, Florida in Gainesville because against me are my favorite band, and I just but wanted not, to go. To really the- nice. I want to go to you guys. I, yeah. Um, when I so, heard you guys, I heard a twinge of against me in your sound, and I got very excited. Oh, that's like the best compliment you can give me, dude. When I, did you? When did you? If I can, if I can nerd out with you for a moment, when did you uh, first like? When and how did you hear about them? I heard about them my freshman year of high school, which would have been two thousand seven. Okay. Um. So, uh, New Wave had come out. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. But I didn't. I, I heard New Wave and I didn't like it. Yeah, good. And then someone, and then someone sent me. Uh, someone like one of my friends sent me the acoustic EP. Um, yep. And I just That's I listened. Cool. To that. I I listened to that for like a solid year, um, not listening to like anything else by them. Having access to all their music, but not listening to anything else. So the first time I saw them, I was like, oh, they have other songs that aren't on the acoustic EP. Yep. Um, <laughs> Dude, that's so perfect. The uh, when my friends got into them, they found them on uh, I guess it was probably LimeWire or Kazaa, one of those old right. old like downloading programs. And what it, what had come out was the acoustic EP, and we had Crime, uh, oh. the other uh, semi-acoustic EP. Yeah, yeah. And and right when I finally got into them a few months later, I wasn't cool because I got I into them right after Reinventing Axl Rose came oh. out. So I was you know you know. But when I saw them live for the first time, it was um, they were opening up for Rise Against and Annie Flag. I think the tickets oh. were twelve dollars, fifteen dollars, something like that. Oh um, my god! And they, uh, <laughs> and 
<laughs> no, but it was just shocking to see them pull out acoustic or electric guitars, and you're like, wait, what are you doing with that? Put those down. Right. Get the. What are, what, are, what are you doing? What are you doing? Full drum uh, kit. What is this? Uh, yeah. We actually in Florida. Um, one of the I, I I talk a little bit of shit on Florida. Florida's fine. Um, but there's a their old drummer Warren has a has a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. Um, that's just so good. Um, like it's it's called Boca Fiesta, and he la- he pretty much left against me to open this restaurant, and it's like kind of worth it. Yeah. It's, it's really good. So if you guys ever get down to Florida in Gainesville, go to a Boca Fiesta. The place rules. And, and if you're if you're at the University of Gainesville, their original bassist Dustin is a professor there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's yeah. just like Gainesville is a, a really cool town. Like I love I love Gainesville. Um, it's real just because like, I, mean, I was a huge fan. Um, yeah, Less and Jake is from Gainesville. Gainesville Rock City. Um, but yeah, no, that was just like a really cool, really cool little thing. So yeah, um, I guess this would actually be a good time to jump into the interview portion of the show. Cool. All right. Awesome. So, um, Adam, for those who don't don't know, where's your band originally from? We um, we're originally from uh, a suburb of Chicago called Naperville, um, and then so we started up at Naperville North, which was our our high school my senior year. Um, and then we all graduated and left, and me and the uh, me and our current guitar player Charlie both uh, went to DePaul. So we're based mainly out of the city, but it got started when we were when we were seniors in high school. Um, so Naperville slash Chicago, Chicago now Naperville originally. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, we'll go Caitlin and then Eric. You guys cool with that? Sure. So me. Okay, so obviously listening to music, it's very political. Um, When you guys started the band, I mean, you said you were a senior in high school. A lot of kids young don't really have very solidified political beliefs. Did you guys start the band knowing you were going to be so political and outspoken? Or was it just like you just wanted to write music and that was the plan? Um, Actually, I've been really into politics since I was in, in junior high. I've, I've wanted to be a, a political science lawyer, teacher kind of thing since I was in junior high. Um, so I, I really wanted to do, like, one of my favorite bands of all time is Rage Against the Machine. Against Me have strong political yeah. things. Um, I was big into, you know, I was really into the punk scene, so I really like bands like Anti-Flag and Strike Anywhere. Um, and originally what my goal was is I saw how popular bands like A Day to Remember and Bring Me the Horizon were getting, and this was, this was like about 2010, so they were smaller than they were now. Um, but I thought, okay, well, what if you took something that tapped into, like, that, there, there's obviously this huge market of, like, kind of warpy post-hardcore, hardcore, um, poppy kind of stuff. What if you took that and you put a kind of, you sent it a political message around it? Um, so we did have... Um, the, the, it was it was politically shaped. It, it, there's always been a political current um, running through the band. I think it's gotten better. Um, it's gotten more honed just because I just you know the, that's the way that you know your your beliefs work is that the more you read, the the better they get. Um, but there has always been that that I think our, the first song that we ever wrote uh, called Better Nails was it was me like rallying against um, like Fox News and that kind of stuff. Um, it's become more political. It's become a little bit more focused. Um, but it, there has always been that desire to be a 
kind of a political band um, in a scene that, while I love, I think has kind of lost a little bit of its uh, political edge as of late. Um, so that, that has always kind of been the hope, to be a political band in a, a non-political area while still making, you know, fun music that people can enjoy. Cool, cool. So is, you said you're at your uh, your family's house? Yeah. Are those your baby pictures behind you? Oh wait, I didn't know. I didn't know. You could see. I got the, no, that's just um some body art form shit that uh yeah. they got. I recognize them. Yeah, they send you the they send you the stickers. So I just I put them up and they're holding up my uh my Defiance Ohio set list and and all that shit. So yeah, no, but. For a real question, do you? Uh, so I, I really like what you said about the current punk scene and losing a lot of its roots. And I mean, not that any of us were there at the very beginning, but I know that for me personally, I got really heavy into political punk after 9/11. Like that was my big thing because I was 14 when that happened, or 15 when that happened. And so like it really like spurned this desire to learn as much as I can because it seemed to affect everybody on a day-to-day -day basis at that point. Was there anything in particular for you that really, like in junior high when you got turned on to politics, what really spurned your interest? Was there an event or was there something that happened in your life? Um, it's not I every day a junior high schooler. Yeah, I politics. mean, obviously, 9-11, for, for our generation, 9-11 is this big, I mean, I was, I was 10, um, Maybe even nine. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I but, was like seven or eight. Oh, I, I would. I'm sorry. I would have been nine. Um, so I mean, that's a, that's a big thing that I think really connects all of all this generation. But I think for me, the the main when I kind of got into, I got into radical politics, and, and radical is, is subjective. Um, but I got into you know what I would consider radical politics before I actually got into punk, hmm. um, and that really happened. I was it was the summer before I was going into eighth grade, so that would have been 2006. Um, there was a very heightened um, tension and fighting between uh, Gaza and Israel. Um, and I remember just kind of watching that um, kind of unfold on TV and listening to kind of, you know, obviously the, the American media and the American experience is very much uh, focused on, uh, it's very pro-Israel. Um, and I remember just kind of feeling like, you know, this isn't right, you know, looking through the, reading the BBC, going on the internet, all that stuff, and just real, feeling like, you know, that there were a group of people who were disenfranchised and, the, and being, in a way, because I got bullied a lot. Um, and I kind of saw it as a large-scale world projection of what I was dealing with in junior high was now being projected onto the people of the West Bank and, and, and all that. So that's what really uh, kind of spurred me into things like anti-flag and propaganda mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. Also, Hurricane Katrina was, was a huge part of it, just kind of, you know, being a being formed um, during the Bush years, I think, has a real uh, interesting effect on on me. So th those those kinds of things, the just kind of the the Bush years and, and all those things that happened were what really kind of pushed me into politics, and then from politics, political punk. All right, now knowing some of the other bands that I have talked talk to, they tend to tour with um, like bands. Being from Chicago, have you ever seen um, any other bands that kind of share the same um, political punk ties as you? Or have you guys always kind of been like standalone within your own scene? Um, when we came out, um, I mean, again, we started this band when we were in, when we were in high school. And uh, I was actually, I used to be, even when, when Arkham started, I was in a ska band. 
Um, so I just had a lot of Scott connections, and, and we couldn't really get a hardcore band to work through that. We were a lot more um, we were a lot more metalcore than than we are now, just because our our drummer was was big into metalcore. Um, but the problem was that we weren't, uh, but, but we weren't super metalcore. We were still a pretty a pretty punk band, but we had a little bit more uh, a little bit more stick to your guns to us and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but we weren't. The hardcore scene is very much, you know, at the time it was bands like, you know, Warhound and um, that's that's the first band that's coming to my mind. But Warhound and, and Weekend Nachos and stuff like that. And we weren't hardcore enough for those bands. And then we weren't. The Chicago punk scene is one of bands like, you know, Lawrence Arms and Alkaline Trio and kind of poppier, punkier, in in between kind of stuff. So there wasn't really a spot for us there. Um, so we ended up doing our thing, this very political, you know, political, energetic, punk stuff, um, just inside the metalcore scene during 2010, 2011, which at the time was just all bands that wanted to sound like Attack Attack. Um, so we kind of just, we did kind of what we've been doing, what you can kind of, a, a not as good version of what we were, what we're doing now, um, surrounded by lots of synths and lots of uh, crabcore and stuff like that. So we kind of made our own made our own niche, um, and, and people hated us for a long time, and people still hate us. Um, but we just kind of found our, our own little spot, um, and that, it's worked out pretty well. Nice. And we're able to... Uh, but the nice thing about that is we're able to kind of bounce around. I think we're the only band that's ever... We opened for Chunk No Captain Chunk, and we've opened for Attila, and then we'll go and we'll open for a Wilhelm Scream or Weekend Nachos or... Um, you know, so we we can bounce around, which is nice. Um, so we we haven't been we haven't been like really pigeonholed yet, which is which is fun. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So leading with you know bands you've opened for, if you had to pick like the dream band you could tour with, who would you pick? <sighs> um, I mean like Kiss, obviously. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We we're, we're you know I'm good friends with Let Live, so we like playing with those guys a lot. Um, we we only played with them once, but it was a great time. Um, I want to work like against me. That'd be fun. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to pick. I just I love touring, and I love touring with any band. It doesn't matter what they sound like. Um, it's just people that, that we get along with, so you know, I, I could tour with Stick Up Kid and we'd have a really good time, um, you know. But any band in the world, um, probably Kiss. They'll probably yeah. Kiss. Regardless, I I, I don't even. I, it just it just be fun to go on tour with Kiss. I feel like, but no. Uh, oh, that would be insane. Legitimate oh. answer, I'd probably say Strike Anywhere. That that would be awesome for me. Okay. Cool. Oh, sorry. It's my turn, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm yes, not sure. Yes, thank you. Uh, don't step on your toes, Alec. Uh, all right, cool. Um, so, do you have any particularly uh, cool or crazy tour stories for us? I know that's a generic question, but it usually always has like a good one or two, especially because you've been on the road for a while. Um. All right, this one is is with Stick Up Kid, actually. Um, so we, I was with Stick Up Kid this uh, this December, and uh, the lead singer was was gone doing something, and, and we all had to we all had to wait for him. 
so we ended up at a Waffle House um, at about 10 a.m. or sorry, 10 p.m. It, it was after uh, after the show and all that. And uh, the waitress goes, you know, hey, you know, Dave Chappelle just came through here, and we're all like, oh shit! Like I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan, and we still got to wait around for the lead singer, uh, Tony. So we're like, okay, well, you know, where'd he go? And like, oh, he went to a strip club down the street. <laughs> um, so we, so we're like, okay, well, that's what we're doing. And a couple of the kids in, in Stick Up Kid can't get into strip clubs. They're 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 younger. Um, so we go in and we scope out this this strip club and basically are just there trying to meet Dave Chappelle. And like, will not like they won't talk to us. Like 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 because again, they're just strippers. I mean, not nothing wrong, but they're trying to make money. Um, so when we're trying to ask them questions, like, hey, where's Dave Chappelle? They're like, oh, I don't know. Um, so finally, one of us, like, got a lap dance, and they told us Dave Chappelle had left. So that, that's the best story I have about that, is just trying to hunt down Dave Chappelle in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, on a, I think, a Tuesday night. Um, but that, that's, like, kind of the craziest thing that happened. Um, Arkham's tours are, are all DIY so it means a lot of like overnight drives and stuff like that. So we don't have a lot of time to really get into a lot, a lot of trouble. And also the Hollow Tide story, I think, is a really cool one, just because how much they helped us out. But yeah, there aren't a lot of. I wish I had crazier tour stories, but uh, we just don't. We just don't get into a hell of a lot of trouble, unfortunately, or fortunately. I'm not sure. That yeah, sounds like a good thing. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, my next question is actually going to be: Do you have a story to go behind this picture that I had I'd, I'd seen today? <laughs> oh, um, I uh, my hair is getting like really long, and I'm just bored. Um, so I have I have hair. I put my hair back in a, in a ponytail, like when I go for a run. Um, so I just got done with a run, and I came in, and I was like, okay, like I've got two. Wonder what I look like with pigtails, and lo and behold, that's what I look like with pigtails. It looks adorable, though. So, so I know, right? I can I can rock it. You can rock it better than I can, so props. If, if white dudes are getting dreads, I can rock that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. But, uh, so my actual question. So, Ban is Arkham. Does that have any ties to do with the Arkham City that is portrayed in Batman? Um, we named it, actually, a lot of bands talk about, oh, it took us a really long time to name our band. It didn't take us that long at all. Um, growing up, I was, I was, I was, Giant fucking nerd, still am. But um, I was really into comic books and horror literature. Um, and Arkham, the name Arkham actually comes from H.P. Lovecraft, um, which is a uh, he was a horror writer from the 1930s. He wrote a lot of short stories, influenced Stephen King. Um, Cthulhu, that whole mythos is, is by uh, by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, and they took that when they were writing the idea of of having an asylum in Batman. I'm not sure if it was Frank Miller or if it came before uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, his Dark Knight books, but um, they had the idea of they, so they named it after the H.P. Lovecraft thing. And growing up, I read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft. And I read a lot of Batman comics. So we were sitting around in my room, just noodling around, like, oh, what should we name the band? I'm like, oh, Arkham. And we're like, yeah, cool. And that was just that was just it. There wasn't a lot of discussion. <laughs> that is a it is an allusion to Batman. And if anyone from uh, WB Games is is watching this, could you just please send us like one copy? Um, I'm sick of having to pay for stuff that I, I, I end up advertising. Because every time we play, like, oh, yeah, I need to go pre-order that game. I'm like, that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, could just, I could just get, like, you know, one copy of the series that I love. But, uh, yeah, so, no, there is, there is a big tie to Batman. Okay, my turn. Um, 
Where is your favorite place to tour? Like, out of anywhere in the country? Um, we've actually... We've had a lot of fun in Columbus lately. Um, we spent a lot of time with uh, Jacob from Everyone Leaves and, and Aubrey from Everyone Leaves, and they were just absolutely wonderful to us. So I, I really enjoyed... Um, I really enjoy. I've really enjoyed being in Columbus lately. Um, I also Nebraska is wonderful to us. I know that's really weird. We like. I never thought like I would end up going to Nebraska, let alone playing shows there that do really well. Yeah, but, um, I'm pretty Nebraska, sure that Nebraska is a myth, though. Yeah, Nebraska. Nebraska has been has been absolutely wonderful to us. So I really like. Um, I really like Nebraska. I really like uh, Columbus. Um, New York was really cool to us. Boston was really cool to us. I mean. I just like touring. I can't. I can't really think of a of a favorite place. Least favorite would definitely be Florida in the summer. Uh, <laughs> but again, it's just it's an awesome ride. I love being out, being able to just meet people and play shows every day. So it's it's hard to pick. But definitely, my favorite people have been in places like Columbus and Maryland and New York and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, Jake and Aubrey are awesome. I did a week with Everyone Leaves, and they are some of my favorite people. They're just, like, we've been really, I think, before I came home on, on this, uh, for, for this break, I'd spent more time in Columbus than I had at home. Um, and they're just, they're just great people. That band is so unbelievably talented, and they're oh, just yeah. so really, uh, great, wonderful, just wonderful people, and, and everything that they get, they deserve tenfold. Um, oh, so yeah. shouts out to everyone leaves um, for just being wonderful um, and making Columbus feel like home. So yeah. Cool. So do you guys tour at all when you're uh, when you're in school, or is it like a solid break from that? Um, we'll do like weekenders from time to time, and we we hop on like local shows and things like that. But it's hard to get um, you know everyone together for the the amount of time needed. Because the only breaks we have are, are in the winter, and you know, you guys know as bad as I do that you don't really want to tour in the if, if you can't. If you can't, I mean, unless, unless we get a uh, you know like a, a real tour offer, you know, it, justifying all the the ice drives and stuff like that is is a little bit. Yeah. Different. So we Absolutely. mainly focus on the summer and, and weekenders and, and things like that. So what do you guys got coming up next? Any new stuff? Any any tours far in the future or near? Um, well, we're, we're off the road now. We're just doing, uh, we're doing, like, local shows. Um, we've got some, we've got some big local shows, unfortunately, I, I can't announce right now. Um, so we're, we're focusing on that. Um, I think we're going to head back in and, uh, record maybe one or two songs, um, just because there's been some, like, right before we released The Great American Goodbye, like, a week before, um, one of, uh, both the, the guitar player and my, uh, best friends passed away. Um, pretty suddenly, so we we've been writing kind of to cope with that, and we'd like to put out something kind of for his memory and, and go to his memorial fund and things like that. So we are gonna end up in the studio, I think, a little bit sooner than we thought. Um, work on some music videos, local stuff, finish up school. Um, you know, if anyone wants us to come play somewhere, we're, we'll absolutely do that. But there aren't any uh, huge tour plans until uh, next summer, and that is unless you know, if someone asks us to come out, we'll obviously go out. But right now, um. Right now we're just kind of chilling and, and focusing on, on writing and getting things together and stuff like that. Right. So I guess this would actually be a good time to showcase one of your songs. Um, you, the song that you have picked for us to play would be... Skeletal Machinery, I think? 
I think that's what we decided on? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let me go ahead and play this. Um, hold on one second. And we'll talk more stuff after this. I have a weird new setup going on, so... No worries. All right, and here's some. Everyone go. Oh. And, uh, and there we go. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, 
Yeah, I actually haven't heard of you guys um, until tonight. Kaylin actually made the suggestion to bring you guys onto the show, and I think that has been a finan financial, a fantastic, <laughs> excuse me, a, a fantastic addition um, to expose. Uh, Adam's muted. Incredible. Oh wait, I still have Eric on mute. Hold on one second. You have Adam on mute. Yeah, and Caitlin's now gone. Yeah, you dare mute me? You I dare mute me. I'm the star. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's been a very long time since I heard anyone with a political message behind a, a punk, punk song, and I find that to be incredible, especially oh. in, in a new age of of um, punk or particles hardcore and, or any one of the genres. Yeah, we don't we don't really care. I know I know that's like kind of a thing, but you know, are we a hardcore band? Are we a punk band? I don't really know because we didn't really call ourselves hardcore because at the time, you know, that's not what Chicago hardcore bands sounded like. It's still not what they sound like, and we're not really a punk band yet, so we just kind of whatever we throw it, we throw it around however we want. But but yeah. So now, how do you guys come up with new material? Like, is there certain causes that 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 you're more behind than another one, or is there a message that you want to bring across? Um, for a song. We wrote this record um, over the course of, I mean, and it's six songs, so it's, it's barely a record. But it, 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 to me, it kind of has a cohesive theme. Um, over the course of two years, and there were, it was written two times before, and we, we threw it out because we didn't really like what was two different records and two different themes. Um, I think what, th there aren't particular specific themes. Um, this one, I think, focuses more on I guess how I, what I would say American death um, in the sense that the way that in which we as a, as a society and a culture um, work with and, and accept death and what death means and um, what, how death, what death means for different people and things like that, um, as well as a political, the political nature of, of just dying, um, of, of life and death and how there's a, there's a very political, your life is such a, whether you realize it or not, your very life and where you live and how you live is a political um, part of the political process. Um, so there aren't specific causes, I would say. Um, there, there are certain things that we're you know very into, um, you know, very into uh, gay, trans rights, those kinds of things. Um, you know, very in, into Palestine, into um, you know, pro or I should say, uh, you know pro-community kinds of things, um, very pro, you know, cop watch, that kind of stuff. But there, I wouldn't say that there's a particular thing. It's just kind of what we're feeling at the time and what I sit down to, what I sit down to write, and then we go from there. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Eric, do you have anything more to ask? Final questions, comments? Really, I just was really happy to, when I first, list, when I listened to the EP earlier today, I was really happy to hear some punk with a, with with yelling and screaming a little bit as opposed to just straightforward singing and a real political message. Uh, that's what I grew up on. It felt like it's been a long time since. Um, I know in Baltimore we got a band called War on Women who they yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we they played with them that, a few uh, times. They're on tour with Propagandi right now, right? I was about to say, yeah, they... they uh, they're, um, it's kind of cool because I also, when I was, before I was in bands, like I was in like 13, 14, they were in like uh, a synth pop rock band uh, 
and uh, which were also amazing. And it's just been cool to see them grow as a band. And now, like, really, I don't know. Was, I, I remember uh, right after they got asked to do their first Propagandi show, my band played with them, and I was talking to their drummer, and he was just like, yeah, against tweeted about us, like, Propagandi's calling us, Bridge Nine wants to sign us. He's like, this is all just crazy, because they're all in... They're older than me. They're all in their, like, their early 30s. Um, and like they never thought this was going to be the time or the band that was going to get them successful. So I think it's really cool that we're seeing a resurgence of me- what I would consider like lyrically meaningful punk rock. Yeah, I think that um, kind of the post-Bush year... Because th- there was that boom. The Bush years really... for all, That's kind of the weird thing, is that when, when things are terrible, punk gets really good. Oh, of course. Um, Why not? Of course, because it matters right. to people's lives and people right. take it in. Um, and I think that kind of in the not that Obama was, you know, is anything near a uh, a savior, but I think you know after kind of that that Bush fury, that righteous yeah. fury, that because I mean, like two thousand one to two thousand nine, we thought there was going to be a revolution. Like right. that's I mean, what we all were sitting on. Yeah. I mean, two thousand one to two thousand nine, like you have. That's all a strike anywhere. Yep. And that's the best, pro- in my opinion, I know that's the best propaganda records. And that's, um, you know, for Blood Empire by Anti Flat. I mean, all these bands just really hit their rise well, against. When when ag- against me, Anti Flag, Rise Against, and Leftover Crack started doing stuff together, it was like this perfect storm. Right. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what other band? Like, again, there there's just so many fantastic punk bands, and I think that once kind of that evil, um, that, that, that kind of omni, the, you had, you had the Bush administration kind of as this embodiment of everything that was wrong with the country and everything that was wrong with the world, so you could really kind of go after that, and once that was gone, it was very hard, I think, for punk to realize that it wasn't, A, it wasn't all, I mean, Bush was terrible awful, should be tried for war crimes, probably publicly executed. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I think when it, it was it was hard for kind of punk to realize that, okay, well now the you know, the evil empire is gone and the problems aren't. Um, and that yep. it, it's more persistent than simply one administration or another. Figurehead. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I, I, I ultimately I'm I, I'm still happier that that Bush is out of office than you know rise again stop putting out as good records. Um, <laughs> you'll take what she you'll take it. Right, I'll, 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 I'll take I'll take like you know not Hurricane I'll trade you know not having Hurricane Katrina for you know a good good records or uh, you know that kind of thing. It's still you know yeah. ultimately human well, life is more important yeah. than music. But um and what. Yeah, one thing that I, I definitely, like, looking back on, on all of it, that I think was a definitely a positive, although I, I think it definitely kind of quenched that burning rage that, that, that punk was embodying, um, was that the social issues, that it's, it's easy to forget that it wasn't until the mid-2000s where it was just common knowledge, oh, you should recycle. Oh, right. carbon emissions right. are bad for the ozone. Right. Or don't punch homeless people. Don't like, like when, all of these things that were just that use it. It's now like you just look at Reddit or any a lot of these other websites where it's just pop culture and the people's voices discussing things. It's now cool to be a nice person. It used right. to be cool yeah. to be a dickhead, 
And I, right. I feel like punk rock, at least the values, had a little something to do with those changes. Well, and it's really interesting to see how, like, gay rights have changed. Because, um, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, I remember, I mean, the bands that I was into were never, you know, anti-gay or anything like that. But but the, the way that that's changed, that since, you know, you've got all, like, now, like, you know, being homophobic, like, like if, if when, when that Four Today stuff came out, just the entire scene was like, fuck that guy. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure if that would have, you know, the whole, you, you talk to, you hear bands like Propaganda talking about, you know, being a pro-gay band in the 90s and how dangerous mm-hmm. that was. And that it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see how kind of that has changed. And I think the next big, you know, um, kind of battleground, I think, for for this um for this scene is is the women women's rights movement that has been that we've seen a resurgence in, um, and I'm totally leave it to it. punk to lead the way on that kind of stuff. That's that's something that's been getting brought up more and more every every yeah. And it, I hate to put it this way, but every album cycle, right? And that and that's something that you know absolutely should be brought up. I think that we forget that you know. I mean, you know, for. All of Bikini Kill, Bikini Kill's, you know, problems and maybe the, the trans exclusionary stuff. Um, you know, punk was at its forefront a, um, you know, a movement for those without voices. And I think that once it got, you know, the kind of the Warp Tour scene got so big. I mean, you know, if you think about, you know, having a band like Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, all these bands having, you know, number one hits. It got it got huge. That it's gotten very kind of. I think that's awesome that it's gotten huge, but I think the message got... There were just so many people that the message got diluted. Um, And I think that now, you know, when you have people discussing, you know, are these... Whether or not they are, you know, are these lyrics misogynist? Um, You know, does, does, you know... Is this a a continued, you know, uh, perpetration of, of, you know, of, of, of... rape culture and things of that nature. I think that it's good that those discussions are happening. I think it's good that those discussions are happening in this scene because this scene has always been for people who don't exactly, um, you know, fit the norm. And it's not it's not for everyone. And people, I, I think that there, there are some people who say, you know, I don't want these conversations to happen. It's just music. Um, and, you know, that's what pop music is for. And I don't hate pop music. I love that's, pop music. That's the difference between, even in, like, alternative genres that people vocalize like well, we don't want to hear those kind of messages I think that's the just the difference between a subculture and a counterculture right uh, punk has always been a counterculture trying to change the the mainstream culture where other subcultures will just be like just leave us alone and we'll do our thing and I've definitely noticed uh, or I remember I guess sometime in the middle of I guess 2005 2006 um, all of a sudden, it was like normal for people to have dyed hair again, I guess, or it right. was normal to like, and people who I thought just by looking at them, I thought I could tell their political affiliates, their what whatever it was, because that's typically what you you see somebody who looks like a punk, you make these assumptions, um, and then I turned out to have nothing in common with them because oh no, somebody in this pop group dressed like a punk rock guy in a video, and that's right. that's yeah, definitely got diluted. Yeah, I. Uh... I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's really cool how I I think that you know I, I really love the, the the women's lib movement um, right now and I love how it's I, I love that the conversation is taking place in hardcore yeah. and, and things of that nature which again I just think is I, I think is fantastic and I, I'm I'm really happy about. Um, 
But yeah, you know, the revolution may come, it may not, but I'm just happy to be part of something that, that feels like it's like it's doing something. It may very well not. I mean, that's the... But, but you're still that's trying. That's a, that's a big difference between you and most of everyone else. Well, that's why, like, whenever somebody... Um, like, when I started on, uh, like, going on DPP, it was my first time seeing people talk about pop-punk culture. And I know that expands far beyond that message board, but pop-punk culture and people saying, oh, this isn't pop-punk enough or you're not pop-punk enough, and I had all these flashbacks to, like, early 2000s punk scene. I was like, wait... Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, they they had all these like uh, arms races of who was more punk, which was stupid as it was. But at least there was some criteria that they stood for, and it was like striving for an ideal as opposed to just like a fashion sense. And seeing that kind of like just felt dirty for the the name of punk to well, be included in anything like that. I just absolutely love kind of the reaction to. Uh... You know, kids like this. Again, I haven't really followed them at all. But the you know the idea that a lot of people seem to think that you know, five seconds of summer is the second coming of the Antichrist or whatever. Yeah, well, that it's they sound like, the same as every other. Band. Well, no, that's the fucking thing. Is that the way that they, what kids don't realize that the way that people talk about the way that they talk about five seconds of summer mm-hmm. is the way that people talked about Blink One Eighty Two up until about like yeah. two thousand eight. Dude, like up until up until Blink One Eight Two broke up, everyone talked about Blink One Eight Two like five seconds, like they talk about five seconds of the summer now. In two thousand two Warp Tour, I watched Good Charlotte get booed off stage so Real Big Fish would come out early. Uh, the fact that that's a thing that happened, and um, and yet it's so funny to see the bands that like I got mercilessly ridiculed for listening to by alternative kids like Newfound Glory or Blink. Right is now, like the tried and true, not that I, and I, obviously I listened to those bands then, I like them now, but it's just so funny to see people get elitist because they listen to Newfound Glory. It's like, are right. you kidding me? So, and it's the same thing about, like, new Metal now. Like, I remember, like... Oh my god! <laughs> like, like, the way people talk about, like, the way that people talk about, like, Slipknot as, like, a yep. true band, like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, I was 14 at one point and hated my parents, so, you know, Slipknot's cool then, you know, not... I have not, every Limp Bizkit CD. Right. Every, every like, one of them. Every like, cool the record. people talk about, like, new metal as if it's, like, a legitimate genre, and yeah. it wasn't, like, yeah. the crab core of its time. Yes, it's exactly like, what it was. Really, like, makes me, like, really scared for, like, okay, five years down the line, like, some kid's gonna come up and bring up, you know... That that original attack attack record and talk about it like it's you know. Oh my god, they are. Like it's punk to come or something. You you just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And uh, oh, that's hilarious. Well, I mean that um, that, that website stuff yeah. you'll hate. I mean that's that's a kind of a that's a website I love. But again, if you're oh, I, I love that site too. That's fantastic. If if you're a kid in in a band, you need to be reading that site just so you can understand. Like market research and trends and stuff like that, but um, yeah. yeah, just kind of the way in which, like, I saw some kid like I saw kids like legitimately excited for the Atreyu reunion, and that blew my mind. Because <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like, yeah, they're, like, I'm not, I don't hate Atreyu, I don't love Atreyu, I'm, I'm pretty indifferent to Atreyu, but I remember them like breaking up, like, kind of fucking hated, and same with same with Blink yeah, yeah. too. Like, they broke up and people really didn't like give a shit. They didn't like them. And then... Well, when Blink came back together, that's that was their big... That was the big push. Well, that was, like, that's... 
I mean, crazy. That's the thing. What you gotta do is you gotta break up and you gotta come back. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there's one thing you mentioned, new metal, and that's so funny that like I mean, it's a perfect example. But I think I do have a theory of why new metal, um, is looked up to the way that it is. Because people are. Uh, and that's. <laughs> well, did you did you ever listen to Papa Roach? That first record they put out, Infest, the one with the. Uh, I had uh, broken I had, home and last resort. I I know mm-hmm. those songs. I had like my my parents yeah. were pretty strict as far as music went. Um, so if it had a parental advisory yeah. sticker, I, I wasn't about it. Which oh, means I that just, I was I, I was actually, I was yeah. saved from new metal. Like my parents being strict. Dude, I bought a lot of birthday presents that never made it to their destination. Right. No, I, oh no, uh, my so friend I wants like Frank Sinatra CDs instead, which I'm so happy about. Um, but that's actually yeah. Look at me. Well, so that first Papa Roach album, if you go back and listen to it, you will find no less than a combination of probably five riffs that are later note for note the same on uh, various A Day to Remember songs and uh, For Your Strong songs. Those yeah. are two bands majorly influenced by that Papa Roach record. Well, and you so can hear it. It's plain as day. You switch rapping with screaming, and it's the same. That's the That's such the weird thing is like, all these bands like are like very like vocal about like loving bands like Corn and Limp Biscuit and Slipknot, and I'm like, I never really liked those. I, I like I like Slipknot okay, but the other other bands like I never I didn't understand like when it became like I loved Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, like that was as far as as rap metal went for me, and that was it, and that was all that there was ever gonna be. But like <laughs> just the, the the revisionist history that exists of like, oh yeah. Limp Biscuit was like Corn were were not a band that like, and I see it going on with like My Chemical Romance. It's like My Chemical Romance, it, well, a band that I absolutely love. They're easily mm-hmm. in my my top three bands of all time. There's like, oh wow, when they no, I I love My Chemical Romance. Um, and they they were a huge. But but you love that George making comics. What? Oh yeah, but no, you love that George making comics. Yeah, dude, I I love Umbrella Cat. I started reading Umbrella Academy about a week ago. Um, just because, like, around the time that he started doing comics was when I was, like, in, like, eight, ending eighth grade, and I was like, you know, I want to meet girls. I don't want to be into comics. Like, so I, I, I hid my nerdy shit. Um, Dude, like, I stopped playing Magic the Gathering when I got my first girlfriend. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, they, so they, uh, so, like, I, I fell out of it, but, like, he's just such a, I, I love My Chemical Romance, but, um, I mean, you see it, I mean, like, with Fall Out Boy being an essential band. Like, no. Like, they, like up until, again, recently, they just, they just weren't an essential band. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's cool. It's, I think that's just kind of the way things work, but, you know, you gotta you know, be... I love, I love, love, love Fall Out Boy, but as far as essential band, I think you're absolutely right. I think, to me, they're an essential band in a record collection, but not in their own genre. Oh, I, I think that, I mean, again, I'm from Chicago, so they're part of the, you know, they're, they're the fabric, you know, like them and Rise yeah. Against the Band, you grew, grew up hearing about, you know, same with Lawrence Arms, I think Take This to Your Grave is, is probably the best pop punk record ever, and I, I'll stand by that. Yeah, that was, um, yeah. But like, that's in my top three pop punk. But in the same way that like, you know, I, I remember I went to go, I saw Fall Out Boy at Riot Fest. And I remember walking around and uh, just, like, seeing the people watching them. They, they were the last day headliner. I'm like, these are the same kids that, like, pushed me into lockers and, like, you know, called me, you know, emo faggot and all that shit. 
and now they're watching him. Like that's just the thing. It's like it becomes it becomes cool, um, for better or worse. Well, that's that's what happens when, uh, that's that's what happens when a band I, I, has a song in every sporting event ever. <laughs> right. It's like when did uh? It's I think I was like I was some like movie com- or no? I was watching uh, I remember I was in. I would have been in like eighth grade, and they played "Welcome to the Black Parade" over an ESPN clip show. And I was like, yeah. "What the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 2003. This is bullshit." 2003, the uh, the, the Misfits did the NFL theme song. I think it was 2003, but yeah, Misfits did an NFL oh. theme song for a whole year. They, what they did like the "Are You Ready for Some Football?" shit. No, it was um, it was what they had before then. It was they just did a cover of "Great Balls of Fire" for their Project Fifties record. Oh, that's too and, good. Um, and they used that for uh, for like opening like football games on TV. Damn. And that was the first time I ever saw like I was like, oh, is that what the term "selling out" is that I've heard so much about? <laughs> you realize that like we're gonna turn like like when you and I are. We're gonna like turn on the TV and like they're gonna they're gonna be like Rise Against songs and Fall Boy. I mean, I mean there are Fall Boys, for example. Like My Chemical Romance is gonna be in like Honda commercials. Like that that's what that's yeah. what's eventually coming down. Now, no, like that's so gonna be the way Attack though. Attack okay, Attack like everybody like. I mean, they I the way that I see certain um, industries go when picking a commercial, usually it's like some obscure stuff. Like as much as like you can think that like maybe it'd be like a Fall Out Boy song, like some type of rock rock song. Um, I've never actually seen anyone from like you know quote unquote this scene end up being picked up into a a commercial or even like a. I think the only thing that I did see was on once ESPN last year did like a Dodgers and Orioles clip show, and it was either Newfound Glory or um, Newfound Glory gets played with the NFL a lot. Yeah, which My I found you, really yeah. odd. But, like, good odd, though. Yeah, yeah I think... Because um, they're the only people that I see. Newfound Glory, I mean, a date or... Like, I remember, a, I remember a, when I was in high school, like, a, a cheerleader came out to me. She's like, do you like a date to remember? Because, again, I'm the only kid with, you know, stretched ears there, so I have to. Um, <laughs> but, you know... But to be fair, no shit. did you? <laughs> what? <laughs> to be fair, did you? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think that they're the end-all, be-all kind of thing. I, again, I was more into Against Me and, and Gallows and bands like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a fine band. I don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any issue with them. Um, Dude, how but cool they, uh, that they called their own shot of their fame in, uh, I guess, 2007? They had an intro that was called Welcome to 2012, and it was like, oh, we're famous now. Thank you so much for all that. And then... Hey, oh, of you course. know what? That's you know what? Good, good for them. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they that are, record was my guilty pleasure for a year. Absolutely. I, I, mean, I jam it. I mean, it's hard to be like really into music about girls when you're not, you know, in high school anymore. Like that—that that was the hardest. Thing. Like I was really into the Wonder Years, and the Upsides is still a fantastic record. But like, I just can't like connect with it now that I'm not in high school anymore. Like I did. Um, but yeah, because it, it takes, like, like the absolute, like, boyhood, like, oh, she's no longer there, and, like, I don't think I can get away with that anymore. Like, the right, moment right. that, like, let's say, like, a girl were to leave my life, and then my friend should just be like, suck it up. Right. Like, no, that's, like, 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 you're 22, shut the fuck up. That's the hard thing about, like, when you meet dudes who are, like, really into pop punk, and, like, really connect with it. And, like, on, like, a personal, it's like, my girlfriend, like, like my ex-girlfriend's such a bitch. I'm like, dude, you're, like, 27. 
<laughs> my ex-wife is maybe right but you have a car and you can go to bars and stuff like nothing you can go, there's a whole world out there waiting for your kid right like it's like it's like you know you're no longer like stuck to your social group of like eight people you can just like go out it's, it's like yeah like your girlfriend screwed you ever like cool like you have bills and shit <laughs> you have, you have a real life to, to yeah, get. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like when, when you got when you got like you know when you got like student loans coming up, it's like you know. Girlfriend, <laughs> it's time, girlfriend. It's time to change the tune. You're yeah, you're you're the guy telling the girl, I just don't have time for this right now. I can't really. Right. I, have to, I can't deal with your bullshit right, right now. When I have bills. <laughs> I have medical expenses. I can't understand why bands grow. It's like nothing bums me out more than like. Listening to Blink One Eighty Two at forty, sing songs about being in high school. Yeah. Well, there's, to be fair, they're singing about their kids in high school. Oh, uh, okay. That you know what? I I, I <laughs> technicalities. Technicalities. How was your day? Oh, I'm writing it down. Yeah. New album. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> this next. Tom's like, sorry, Mark. This next album's taking forever. My kids. A cheerleader this year, so everything's like awesome, and you're just gonna need you know another breakup. It's just, it's just concept albums about like what if their kids were punk. <laughs> and I think that like like the weird thing that I've always enjoyed, like specifically about the Wonder Years, like Man Overboard, I've always um, held on some type of pedestal to rewrite Heartbreak every time. Like even though like like as we said that like you know oh you're getting too old for this shit, they do know how to rework it ly- lyrically and keep it original. But the Wonder Years, their whole saga was just about growing up. Like event, like to begin with, it was kind of like 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 you know girls, kind of like life, and then like it kept building, just like. Oh well, shit. My life is like you know, I'm 24 and like shit's getting real. And then like Jesus Christ, I'm 26. Right. But, Literally. By the way, he may have written that when he's 26, but he's not 26 years old. I, I, I honestly don't know what age he is. Soupy looks like he's 40. So yeah. Well, most of the, most bands you can all like stay. If you look at like um like interviews, like uh, I know Fall Out Boy is one like this where. Certain band members, I've, I shouldn't just outfall play. Every band is like this. You look at these interviews. Singers, especially, but also other other members, tend to tend to stay about twenty four for like two, three, four years yeah. in the interviews, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like thirty, and then they're like, "Yeah, now I'm mature and our band's really grown." Yeah. <laughs> but at right. least we, we, um, we, I think I think he, he's, a, he's like twenty seven or something. I don't, I don't know how old he is, but. But either he way, like, like, they, they, they they documented like each chronicle, yeah. um, not chronicle. They 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 chronicled life, and yeah, they knew no, and they I knew mean, how to do well. Yeah, I don't know no, any other band that knew how how to write about every stage of a, of a life. You know, this is interesting. We're talking about the Wonder Years with someone who actually like really likes Against Me. When I heard Wonder Years, the first t- thing I thought, especially lyrically, as far as the introspective stuff. I was like, man, I can see why kids latch onto this so much because when I was that age, I heard against me, and obviously the politics aren't the same, but some of the religion stuff, some of the progressive social right. politics are, but all the stuff about life and growing up and disillusionment and that, I was like, well, against that's to me against me for me was what a lot of kids have the Wonder Years as. So I can I don't relate to the Wonder Years that way, but I understand when other people do. Well, I I can I like I mean I get that because I that's actually something that I've thought too is that like you know it's a lot of uh, against me stuff is like feeling like a weird fuck up and a lot of the wonder your stuff is like worrying are you a weird fuck up um, but the upsides came out when I my senior I, I got in the upsides came out my senior year of high school 
Um, so like it was perfect. And then they followed it right up with Suburbia, which came out the, uh, which is about like you know like leaving your home, um, yeah, which like, came, out, came out the summer I was leaving for college. So it was like yeah. it was perfect. And I'll always hold like a very like special place um, for that band. But like yeah, I can't. I just like can't get into pop punk that much. And like don't get me wrong, like I love Stick Up Kid. I think Stick Up Kid are maybe. I mean I, I'm a little bit biased because I work for them, but I was a big fan of Stick Up Kid before I started working for them. <laughs> Um, I think they're one of the best bands there, but I think they're, they're also a band that I think gets it, that writes on a little bit of a, a higher level. But you know what? Everyone, you know, as much as something may seem foreign or alien to me and I can't connect to it, there's a kid out there that's getting out of it what I got out of something like My Chemical Romance, which I'm sure someone my age when My Chemical Romance was coming out was having the same reaction as I was like, this is bullshit. Like, what the fuck that's is this me. about? <laughs> Just, that's me going, right. going why are all these newfound glory ripoffs, yellow card ripoffs, screw her. Right. So, I mean, I think you gotta you got to keep bands honest, and there are definitely bands that, you know, I think are artistically vapid and all that stuff. But I think the whole, like, I don't relate to it, so therefore it's bad. Is shit, right? Yeah, shit. It's like, okay, just because it's not for you doesn't mean... It's bad, and like I get the same thing like with our music. Like people are like, like I don't get it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like then it's not for you, and it, it doesn't, doesn't bother you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It doesn't make. Yeah, it doesn't make something bad. Now there is bad music, but just like not having that connection doesn't. I think people are too quick it, it to go like. Mean that sucks, yeah. This doesn't speak to me. Like Attila doesn't speak to me, but I love Attila. <laughs> like I'm. I'm straight edge, but I love listening to it. You don't, you don't relate to all of those lyrics 100% seriously and live your life around it? I actually I, do, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm working on a theory that, uh, actually, I think Attila is one big performance art piece, because every, every single one of their songs, there's a, there's a line in like every single one of their songs that would fit in one of our songs. I'm, I'm dead serious. In like, About That Life, there's, like a, there's a line where it's like, trapped in a world where money controls you, hustle hard or be a piece of shit. This is like a really like introspective talk about like, wealth and quality in America. Well, I am. I think for my senior thesis, I'm gonna write a paper on how I actually think that Attila is this grand commentary on American society oh and it's over everyone's head. Hey, that Franz rips off a face mask and it's Michael Moore underneath. Oh my god! <laughs> so what he rips it off, it's Henry Rollins, dude. Oh my, oh my god! Oh, that'd be even he better. Face mask. Oh, like that's, what he, that's why he hasn't been in. Music. He's been doing it. <laughs> that's where he's been. That makes sense. I've never seen Henry Rollins in in Franz in the same room. So <laughs> there's no way to prove it. And there's no other possibility. What reason why <laughs> that would be whatsoever? <laughs> <laughs> Adam's all about the, yeah. the mask with the superheroes and everything like, like that, so it makes sense, though. Dude, so I'm you're in the politics. Are you excited? Uh, are you excited? Herman Cain might be running again. Oh Christ! The ultimate yeah. troll. He yeah, has to like, be. He has to be a like, troll. In the same way that like I hate like Rick Santorum or Newt Gingrich, yeah. but it's fun <laughs> to watch them. Like it's 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 fun, but it's also like a little bit scary. It's like I don't know. It's like watching the running of the bulls, but you're in it. Where it's like, oh, like, this is fun, but if this is too far to the left, like this guy could be president. Yeah, yeah, um, we're, we're all gonna, gonna be laughing. And then like the results are in, we're like, ha ha. Oh fuck. Yeah, it's like, oh damn it, like we humored this guy for too long. No man, fuck yeah, her. Yeah. 
but uh, fuck Herman Cain. I'll be, I'll be, I'll enjoy watching if he, if he's gonna run again. I'll definitely enjoy like. Well, I mean, he did the. There's the whole the Rachel Maddow theory that he's a troll and he's just fucking with us because he came up with the economics plan that was based on Sim City, like right. down to everything. He 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 quoted poets that turned out to be the Pokemon movie theme song, like it just. Uh, there's there's like 15 minute videos online of like how this is too good to be to be real. Oh no, dude! I was a, I'm a political science major. I followed that whole thing. Oh, oh, beautiful. Like I had to write papers on, on on all of it, and like that's the fun thing is that like when you the, the politics get really fun when like because fuck Mitt Romney, that dude was so goddamn boring. <laughs> like, but, like it's the boring guy that wins, but it's always like the Dennis Kuciniches. And like all the like the dark horse guys who aren't gonna win yeah. but are still in it for a little bit that are fun to watch because like they oh, know they can't they still may say something like fucking weird. The problem is though is that with the Republicans, it's like oh like maybe we should just take all the AIDS patients and put them somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Horrible. It's horrible, but like it's yeah. it's always interesting to watch. Like okay, how is this guy gonna shove his foot in his mouth? It's like oh well like. I think it was Herman Cain. Yeah, he was the one who like had like a bunch of sexual harassment suits against him. Or something. Oh yeah, they just came. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, all day long, all day long. Um, oh man. Well, yeah. The, by the way, Dennis Kucinich. Uh, my first two primary votes, I cast for Dennis Kucinich. Dude, if I had been old enough to vote, I would have voted for Dennis Kucinich. Yeah. And, That's all those primaries, dude. When I love that guy. guy. When Family Guy He's came the back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but when uh, what's it called? Uh, when Family Guy went back on the air uh, in two thousand four, I was so excited when um, the first, like one of the first scenes, Brian pulls up in his in his Prius and he's got a Kucinich bumper sticker on the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love Dennis Kucinich. I don't know what I don't know what he's been up to lately. I haven't heard a lot about him, but uh, I mean that was that was the anti flag guy. Like that's how I knew. I was like, oh, he's the guy that oh, all that's the how you knew him. I, I remember just getting like really that was the first election I could vote in, so I got really into it and uh and he was the only person who said anything that I thought was true. <laughs> like anything that I thought was a good point. Yeah. 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 I mean the only president I recognize is President Bob Bartlett from the West Wing. That's, <laughs> that's really it. Oh shit. Not uh not President uh what is it, Palmer from twenty four? The uh the Allstate guy? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually didn't watch Twitch Twitch Twitch. Okay, yeah, you are. You are. It's we weird. Watch I, Aaron I get Sorkin in... shows here. <laughs> that that sounds all about it. The only politics I know are the po- political shows. Um, House of Cards watched both seasons. A fantastic, beautiful <laughs> series. That show is so good. And and that West West Wing and New Newsroom and that's probably all the politics I I do. I could listen to it all day long, but I can't speak a word of it. It's really weird. I mean, the Daily, and that, that's the wonderful thing about The Daily Show, and I think this generation, is that, like, you can watch The Daily Show, and it's it's digestible, but it's also really good. Like, yeah. it, it's digestible, but it's it's funny, and that, that's, that's what I love about, I think, our generation versus earlier ones. Like, like, I feel like there's almost, the only reason that you're not informed is because you choose not to be, and that's fine. You're, you're welcome to not be informed. I wouldn't rec- recommend that. But I think the only reason that you uh, like would be informed at this point is because you don't care. Like, there's so many outlets like that you can like Vice and and all that stuff where you can just like watch it and it's fun. So that that's one of the things that I really love about being a political science major right now is that like I just get to read like Vice articles or Nate Silverstein. And I also think is that like some people choose not not to listen to it because like I think it might go over their head. 
Right. Like, like there are many different topics that they can just like, you know, just go on and about and people just be like, well, what's the difference between this? What's the difference between that? And that's why shows like Daily Show, Colbert Report, um, this, this week with John John Oliver. Right. Um, it's, before, we never had anything to, like no one spoke down, down not dead down, it was spoke on our, our level, like, mm-hmm. like, a, like a fifth grade reading level and be like, hey, this is how everything's going. This is why it's fucked up. This is why you should care. With with the Daily Daily Show, it's Brian Williams never broke it down down, down like that. Tom, Tom, Tom Brokaw was never an individual. He always spoke like up here with the adults. Um, John Stewart, they're they're kind of like like our pals. They're just like, yeah, this shit's f- fucked up. Listen up. Right. <laughs> and they take they take the news and they turn it into entertainment in the right way. And it's right too. Because I mean, like you know, news ha- news has turned into entertainment where it's like. Very quick, and you, you know, you just pick up on it um, little by little, and it's it's just made to be like easily digestible and, and boost ratings. Whereas you know things like Vice and um, The Daily Show and all that stuff are able to take it and make it uh, entertaining while still being um, still being informative, and, that, and that's why I like it. It doesn't sacrifice one for the other. And Vice is, is an incredible out, out, outlet. They're definitely. Um taking advantage of, of social me- media just, like, insanely. Because I've never known anything before Vice that kind of took the Internet by the horns, made it theirs, and was able to get across the points and the views and still maintain a young level. Right, right, right. No, Vice is, I mean, Vice has some, there's some issues with Vice as far as um, some, of the, some of the things that they've written. They've written some transphobic, some homophobic articles, things like that. Um, which Obviously, needs to be paid attention to, but um, you know, as a as a whole, I think that they do. I think they do. I think Vice does a lot of really good work. And same for John Stewart. I mean, that's the thing is that you know, you have to remember that you know people are human and people are going to fuck up and they have to be held accountable for for that kind of stuff. The same way that you know Bill O'Reilly should. We got to hold everyone accountable. But um, I think that I think that both those you know I don't want to gloss over that. Um, so that that should be paid attention to, but I think that all those sources are really good. And I think you know, it matters. It's it's your life, it's your country, it's your world. Um, ultimately, it's more important than than you know, it's your country. Is that it's your world and it's our world, and I think that you need to be actively invested in it um, the best that you can. Yeah. And I think that's actually where. We might call it for for tonight. Um, I would have done Ask Reddit or taking questions from other people, but um, we kind of lost half our people for tonight. It was an interesting <laughs> night, but it was not without con- con- content. That was beautifully provided from Adam Bevel. Of oh, thank you guys so much. Thanks for thanks for having me on. I don't get to uh, I don't get to do a ton of uh, interviews for whatever reason. This was a lot of fun. Um, good. I'm glad you had fun. This is your good talker. Like you got a oh, lot thanks. of interesting stuff to say. That's really important. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, I had a great time. Yeah. All right, we look forward to hearing uh, any new new stuff that comes from us. Anytime you have anything coming out, let us know. Yeah, it was awesome. awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. All thank right, you. Eric, you enjoy your night. Adam, you enjoy your Stay safe. Stay safe. Talk to you guys later.